But it all comes down to the point that we, at the very beginning, we do something wrong at the moment in the way we design our things, in the way we create our buildings, you know, in the way we leave our footprint. So it's really not about decreasing our footprint size, but increasing the footprint we leave if it's a positive one. Welcome to Hey Change, the podcast where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. My name is Anne Therese, and I'm so excited to have you here on this journey with me. So now, let's get ready to embrace some change. Are you ready to rethink everything? Good, because that's exactly what we are about to talk about in today's episode with Tim from the Cradle to Cradle organization in Germany a school of thought that is categorized by a positive concept of a man with a positive footprint. In other words, how can we live as modern human citizens and still be in balance with Mother Nature? Old patterns of thinking are abandoned, while new paths towards intelligent abundance are established. Are you ready for this? Without further ado, this, ladies and gentlemen, is Tim. All right. Welcome, Tim. I'm super excited to dive into today's topic and learn a lot more about the whole concept cradle to cradle. You believe that humankind has the potential to leave a positive footprint on this planet. Quickly, why do you believe so? Like, why do you think that we can leave a positive footprint? Thanks for the question. I, I think, you know, leaving a positive footprint for us, what's really inspiring is that there are many other species, species actually on the planet really leaving a positive footprint so actually they they behave as role models so one of our f uh, favorite role models probably are the ants for example because the interesting thing is the population of the ants actually is fourfold of the population of the human beings so there's more or less somewhere up to 30 billion ants actually on planet earth you know human uh, body mass wise so to say but they really don't leave a, a bad or hazardous footprint as they contribute to a system where biological nutrients go back in a cycle, you know. So they are really beneficial for a whole system within the ecosphere. Uh, and there's so many other species. I mean, this is just the population of the ants. So there's a lot going on out there in nature where where we see examples of uh, leaving of of many things leaving positive footprints you know there's no tree carbon neutral so to say you know but there's people saying that cities should be co2 neutral or somehow you know but there's no tree actually being uh, you know just zero zero emission so i think that's really not the goal we can do much better than that hmm I, I love the whole idea that you're using nature and animals as your role models. I never even thought of that. I mean, that's amazing. But I think what I'm thinking about, and I guess the listeners too, does that mean that we're going to have to go back to like, you know, the cave age when we were just living off the land and not having any clothes? Or can we be a modern human citizen and still leave a positive footprint, do you think? I definitely. I, I think it's reasonable somehow that people uh, get afraid because, you know, uh, almost the whole sustainability debate in its very core is really about reducing the footprint because everyone's, you know, looking at your footprint, looking what you're doing and really saying like, 
you know, you're bad. The, the things you do are bad. Stop doing that. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. So I think some people might get to the point that they feel like we go, you know, back in the forests or somehow, you know, back in the woods. Uh, but this is really not the case, you know, from a cradle to cradle perspective is really about what things we do and not only how we do them. You know, it's really not about being efficient, probably using less material, using less energy and all that. It's really about the design of the things we do. So really start starting at the beginning really solves problems in the end, because at the moment, you know, we talk about waste and we talk about reducing our footprint. But it all comes down to the point that we, at the very beginning, we do something wrong at the moment in the way we design our things, in the way we create our buildings, you know, in the way we leave our footprint. Mm -hmm. So it's really not about decreasing our footprint size, but increasing the footprint we leave if it's a positive one. So it's really about what to do and not what not to do because people in sustainability they in many cases they talk about what not to do but you know we can't change a system by defining what not to do this this really doesn't work so i cradle to cradle is about defining what to do and it's it's about celebrating diversity and celebrating you know that we human beings we can be part of a great system you know on planet earth uh, and we can be part of it, and I think uh, we are we are allowed to do that. But uh, we need to start using our brains for this. Mm, that's such an empowering way to see it too, because I feel like if you just kept being told what not to do, like you're doing that wrong, stop doing that. All we feel is just being attacked, and like, okay, what then? What am I supposed to do? Like this is our life, and it's easy to think that you know we created a society where everything is already too late, and you know, there's no way of going back. But like you said too, instead of focusing on the negative footprint and how to do less of that, which is also important, obviously, but like, what is the positive things we're doing and how can we enhance that instead? How can we educate people on how to do things a good way? And then that way people feel empowered. And you know, exactly. you want to do that. You want to be part of the change. And you want to feel like there's hope that we can do stuff and also that we can do things just a little bit differently, but still live really good lives, happy lives, abundant lives it's not just about going back to not having anything but just yeah. working with innovation and new technology and all that too yeah you know what, what you're mentioning now i, I that's so important uh, in, in in english abundance ha has a complete different connotation to the german word what we uh, call sometimes verschwendung so verschwendung is like uh, you know it's not like something positive as abundance is because you see abundance in nature you know it's, it's one of the principles actually of life but, uh, you know, it's, it's really not about decreasing things to do, but uh, really defining it. And uh, within our work, because um, we founded the Cradle to Cradle Association, it's a nonprofit. We've uh, started working uh, on Cradle to Cradle uh, from an educational standpoint from uh, 2012 onwards till now. Um, and the, the real difference is that we talk to people and we discuss together this Cradle to Cradle approach, uh, approach in a positive way that we define what to do and not uh, forbid what not to do. And this really motivates so many young people, but all, also older ones. Our movement is not exclusively only for the younger generation, it's actually for everyone who sees that, I mean, for sure, we, we can't continue on that path. So that that's something I think, you know, especially in Germany, where we had this, uh, there, there was a, like for, for 30 to 40 years now, there's, there's a, a strong debate on environmentalism, you know. 
So it, it, it brings us to the point now that many people really know about the problems, but not too many people really know about the solutions. And that's something where Cradle to Cradle comes in, especially our work in terms of education and networking, that we bring people together who know what to do, and we bring people together who are all motivated in, in doing it differently. And I think doing something differently, I think that's that's our let's say competitive advantage now because sustainability it's a bit beyond sustainability so to say so it's not about reducing the footprint but really defining what to do and that's some that's really changing the whole game you know yeah i mean you said it right on it's not about sustaining anymore because we can't sustain something that's broken well we, we can exactly. but that's not the point we want to you know regenerate and come up with new solutions and actually start heading into a different direction in a positive way. Um, so thank you for all the work you're doing. You're such an important part of our planet and our society. But just quickly, what does cradle to cradle mean? Like what is the whole concept? And also, sure. why did you want to start this? Like what, what entered you into this world? Yeah, I mean, um, our motivation really was that, I mean, we, we came um, we came in contact with uh, the concept of cradle to cradle. So cradle to cradle, you know, is something what we call a school of thought. So I, I will quickly explain what I mean. But um, just quickly before that, uh, why did we start working on this? Because we, we saw there were companies going uh, on a, on this. They started with roadmaps and start, started a transformation. And there were scientists coming up with a solution regarding cradle to cradle practice. But there, there was a puzzle, a piece of the puzzle was missing uh, because within society, uh, I mean, that was a state of the game in 2012, not too many people knew about it. So we wanted to bring all those, you know, uh, those to connect all those dots and bring the people together who already work in the field of cradle to cradle and to educate people about it. So that was the start of our journey. And um, in the last couple of years, our work, you know, we we came up with uh, the, the cradle to cradle design principles and the cradle to cradle framework. And we've worked on it so people understand what it is about. So this is really the core of our business as an NGO. So what is cradle to cradle about? So actually, how the world is... Um, how we live our, our life at the moment, how society is going, how the economic system works is really within what we call a cradle to grave paradigm. So we, we take resources, we produce many different things out of it up to, you know, big buildings. Um, so we, we pile all those resources up and after using it, after the first usage phase, we, we dump them. So some, resources might get burned uh, um, some others uh, go to the to the to the waste dump and um, so we lose a lot of those materials and by the way actually so many products around us they are really not healthy for us so we have a design problem because the thing is that we if we design things from cradle to grave you know that within the design phase, no one is thinking about what to do with the resources after the first usage, actually. So this is really a design challenge. So what's the difference in cradle to cradle? The difference is that we, if you start from the beginning and not from the end, so many people, you know, if it comes to recycling, they start thinking from the end. That's something we call um, uh, end of pipe thinking. So the problem is already uh, there. You know, you see... 
I mean, loads of plastics in the Pacific Ocean, for example, uh, you know, called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So we all know it's there. And I mean, you know, some people are happy about, you know, technology now getting it out of the ocean. I mean, that's all fine, producing shoes from ocean plastic. But the, the problem was much earlier that we produce plastics in a way that they they can't go back in a cycle somehow. So we don't know exactly how they come to the ocean, but even though we see the design of the plastic is just not for this usage scenario that they somehow find their way in the ocean. So with Cradle to Cradle, we start at the beginning and we think about the way we use material so that we design it from the very beginning for the way we use them. So there's, there's uh, two cycles, um, the biological cycle and the technical cycle. So if we design something for the bi biological cycle, that we know that some of the materials or even the whole product will somehow go back to nature. For example, the sole of your shoes. If you, if you go for a jogging, for, for jogging in the forest, for example, the sole, uh, there, there will be small particles uh, going away from your shoe sole and they, uh, you will leave them in the forest. So actually the small particles of your shoe, they, they need to be designed for a scenario where they can go back to nature. So this is really the idea of cradle to cradle, that you think from the beginning what will happen to the materials later on. And on the other hand, there's a, what we call the technical cycle. So if you know that your material will last very long, and that you can maintain maintain it like uh, certain specific metals or uh, plastics that you design it for a technical cycle and that we collect the materials that we uh, probably um, deconstruct the product and take out the different sorts of metals and plastics and elsewhat and that we can then reuse it for the production of new products so cradle to cradle is really about closing a cycle reusing materials and what's really important is because at the moment there is a lot going on in the debate about circular economy. So in the core circular economy, it's about closing the loop. But cradle to cradle is more than that. It's not only about closing any sorts of material cycles, but it's also about the material health of the, of the material. So we, we can't solve the problems by using hazardous materials or linear products and bringing them into the cycle. I mean, that's old school recycling. Mm. We, we need to define the materials so that we use healthy materials and that we know what's inside the products. And that's actually something many producers, many producers at the moment, they really don't know much about what they are using for their products. So we think this needs to be changed. So we think from the very beginning what to do with the materials in the very end. How you explain all this, I'm just seeing this big, beautiful tree and how, you know, how you said you use nature as your role models. And, you know, when a tree in springtime, it comes up and like the, the leaves springs out. And then when fall hits, they get yellow and, you know, they leave the tree and it go back into the soil. And then it goes back into nurturing the tree for the next year or any plants around it. Whatever the tree produces, it's not toxic to itself. So... Like exactly. you said, like I think how how cradle to cradle differs from any other environmental efforts. It might be about how can we reuse uh, or reduce the impact we're doing. You want to completely flip it on its end and reinvent how we make things. So it's not just about the environment either. It's about us. Like if we 
produce a product like plastic and then say, oh, well, we can just recycle it and then reuse that plastic. Well, even if we reproduce from a pet bottle, we make clothes. Well, then that's toxic plastic that you're putting on your body. Mm. And like, do you want to wear that? Do you really want to go sweating? And, you know, when your pores are wide open to sweat in all that toxic. And so it makes total sense. And I totally agree that we need to not just sustain we need to not just reduce but completely reinvent and rethink how we produce things in the first place and you know i think what's what's so different is i mean you know what what i told about that's what we call the cradle to cradle design concept so that's you know it follows some specific rules so you define materials you see that they are healthy and then you close loops either biological uh, nutrients you know decomposing and then uh, reusing uh, it for growing other plants or recycling, um, upcycling, so to say, in high quality materials again and again. But, you know, on the very basis, because that's why I'm so happy that you're uh, coming up um, again with uh, that picture of a tree because um, the basis, what we call the cradle to cradle school of thought, that's some some probably some sort of ethics, so to say. Uh, the very basics is that we have a a positive um, a positive picture of us human beings, really. So um, it's it's a complete shift uh, in how we uh, look on our uh, on the way we we live. A complete different uh, perspective on how to run uh, our economic system. And, you know, the tree, not only uh, the leaves uh, fall down and uh, become soil later on, you know, the tree filters air and increases uh, the space uh, for living for, for other species within the tree. And the tree is also using uh, CO2 and producing uh, oxygen. So... In his, uh, in in its overall um, way of living, it, it is um, it is completely beneficial in in all terms. And I think uh, this is really what cradle to cradle is about: uh, thinking how we human beings can be completely beneficial in terms of diversity, in terms um, of leaving a footprint where other species can can use it or can live by. And uh, I think in the very end, it is about us human beings, because, you know, if we continue on that path, we there won't be a future or let's say a good future where there is enough resource and enough food and, um, and a healthy environment. Actually, what we really need, I mean, we depend on it. So, you know, it's not only about nature and it's not only about the earth, so to say, you know, it's really about us human beings. I think that we're coming to a standpoint right now where we are starting to realize that we have no choice but to rethink everything. I mean, my mom just told me that she was recently in Thailand and we were there, let's say, 10 years ago and it was like just open beaches, beautiful, you can walk along the shoreline and now it was just plastic everywhere. She was really Mm. surprised by what's happened in such a short amount of time and we are so many people today and the habits we've created, the whole cradle to grave module, like you said, just doesn't work anymore. And I think it's imperative that we bring it into our school system, that we educate on how we can do things differently. And 
a way that you think about it, which I think is really brilliant, is that instead of people buying, let's say, a washing machine and drying machine and have that until they break, and then, you know, it's kind of encouraging the economy and the companies to make things that will last for, let's say, five years, and then people will have to buy new stuff because that's good for them, that's good for the economy. But instead, what if people would pay for, like, let's say, they rent something for 10,000 wash hours or 10,000 washes, and then... You know, they instead of owning something, we pay for a service. So it's actually in the interest of the company to make really good quality products so they can keep using them for a long time. Because if not, they're going to lose money from it. So if we can flip the whole industry on its end and say, well, instead of encouraging companies to produce good but kind of shitty products that, you know, consumers will want for a while, then they have to upgrade create a system where they will want to make something that's really good that's going to last for a really long time and i think that's also part of the cradle to cradle concept right correct me if i'm wrong no that's absolutely correct um you know um the shift in business models is important i mean we i i think we can use it in many different situations probably not in all of them but uh, as you mentioned interestingly uh, if we shift the interest of owning the materials from the customer who actually, I mean, to put it somewhat bluntly, I mean, people really are not too much interested in, in owning, for example, all the materials of a washing machine. They can't really, they, they really don't know what to do with it. I mean, with, you know, loads of plastics and, and metal. I mean, they're, they're just happy with uh, clean clothing. So that's their primary uh, use for it. So if a company is still owning the materials, uh, they have a high interest in the quality because they know after, I don't know, you know several thousand, hundreds or thousand washing, uh, washing uh, processes, they get the machine back and all those very valuable material. So they can integrate it in their um, cycle and uh, calculate with it and uh, produce a, a new washing machine. Uh, and the, the very interesting interesting thing is now where, um, you know, economists, they can calculate now a huge surplus um, in our economic systems, which is actually pretty easy to follow those uh, thoughts, because at the moment, what we do is we take raw materials and we, 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 we use a lot of energy and, uh, you know, um, uh, human capital and so on and to produce a product or a service, so someone else is consuming it, and then we're losing the materials. So from cradle to grave, you know, after grave, there there's a high potential for new profits in reusing the products or reusing the materials and coming to a cradle to cradle world where we close that cycle. So by closing from grave uh, to a cradle to cradle uh, scenario, uh, you know, people can start earning money on that because there's a new value chain coming up now for companies collecting the materials or the products, you know, and then refurbishing it, for example, or reproducing materials out of it uh, and products. So um, there's there's less waste or no waste at all. If we see it in the future, I don't know, probably takes 50 to 100 years from now, but I, we, we definitely need to do it because we're losing all the materials. You know, it's a, it's a closed system right now. We get a lot of energy from the sun, but there's not too much asteroids uh, falling down, you know. I'm happy about this, mm -hmm. and we shouldn't change that. Uh, 
even though you know there's no surplus on material so um, if if we continue you know there will be less material so that's pretty straightforward so by closing the cycles there's new business models coming up and um, we are uh, shifting from an eco economic system where we're losing the materials to a system where we maintain it and we have new business opportunities within it to collect it, to refurbish it and to have a complete new design in place. And I think that's a competitive advantage starting uh, in these days now where companies, I mean, there's at the moment, there's around uh, 300 companies globally around um, about 8,000 products right now produced in a cradle-to-cradle -cradle well, way. So companies uh, start uh, developing a roadmap and they, they start recreating their products, you know, by, you know, really from scratch, new engineering, new materials, but uh, even though you, you wouldn't see it in the products, you know, it's very nicely made products, but in the core they're completely different by using different materials and a different design approach now. So companies, they start doing it. And at the moment, what we see is that they generate a competitive advantage at the market because more and more consumers, they already want sustainable products. And they are, you know, they are not, uh, they, they don't know much about what sustainable, sustainability really looks like, but people are really happy to understand that if cradle to cradle means that we, there's no waste anymore and we have a healthy product. They, people want those products because this is quality, you know. So they want the, they want a high quality in their products. So for companies switching their business models at the moment in the year 2018, many companies already have a competitive advantage because they can differentiate in a way that they say, we have a specific quality. It's, it's, it's a great product. I'm happy that you're going to buy it. And this is not about reducing the footprint. This is about consuming something and the customer becomes part of that added value then. So how I see it, the whole cradle to cradle concept has three major parts of it. This is how I see it. So one is that you want to close the circle. So if you're producing something, that might be a washing machine or a technology. Once that product comes to its life end, you want to put that material back into the production loop. So we're reusing stuff and like recreating things that will last longer. So companies are, you know, they win from wanting to create really good products, but also from creating this circular, circular economy where things doesn't go into landfills. They actually come back into the grid and back into the system. And then the second part is that we want to rethink how we produce stuff so that it could go back into the grid like it could become full circle into back into nature so we're creating materials that are not harmful for the planet or for the people who use it so that's the second part i see it so those are two different ones and then the third part is educating people changing the whole system of society rethink how we use our products maybe go more into a service-based community over like owning community or whatever and also sharing more stuff and like repurposing things and you know, instead of like every household having, I don't know, like a, something for the backyard or whatever you might need in a household, they might use once a month or even once a year. Like, how can that be a community owned item that everyone can share and use instead? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, you're totally right. I mean, you know, uh, we can connect the cradle to cradle approach, which is a design approach. 
we can we can uh, absolutely um, uh, connect them uh, connect the the cradle to cradle concept to uh, uh, to to the sharing economy for example uh, and, and it, this fits uh, totally right and it, it really belongs together it's it's really uh, not something exclusive you know there's um, so many different thoughts in the sustainability debate that I think it's really important to discuss this all together because you know some people they really like to questioning uh, consumption rate you know that you know we we consume too much you know and it, this really doesn't make us feel um, happy somehow you know and I, I think we, we can agree on it in in some instance uh, you know it's just too much consumerism around us even though if we consume more or less I think it's it's always a matter of how we produce the rest of our products because in the end if we produce uh, more or less doesn't matter too much as long as we produce it in a cradle-to-cradle way uh, you can connect it to many other approaches and I think that's something which makes people really happy because cradle-to-cradle is, is is really far away from you know telling people what to do because with cradle-to-cradle you, you can't really tell the people how to do one specific product because it really comes to the point to understand what the usage scenario of your product is so it really depends on the situation where you use the material so there's really no one size fits all for uh, for cradle to cradle you know for example in in san francisco you probably uh, have uh, another water quality and the water strength compared to berlin so in terms of uh, the washing powder you need you you need a specific amount of washing powder to make your clothing clean so uh, this really shows that we we live in a very diverse world where we need different solutions in san francisco compared to the solutions probably in berlin or in barcelona or in cape town so um I think that's something people really like about cradle to cradle defining uh, product quality and really defining that I mean in the production of our goods it's about the social aspects the way we treat water and that we use regenerative energy that's something really important for cradle to cradle and then defining materials with, which are really healthy and that we reuse materials in those cycles I think you made a lot of people kind of happy because I know there are a lot of fashionistas and you know people who just generally like to shop out there and I think right now since the production in most times is very harmful and not very sustainable the best option is just to shop less and like to rethink how you live your life but like you said too if we can just change the way we're producing things and it's not harmful anymore we can put it back into the loop there's no harm in buying stuff is because whatever we're buying is actually like the ants living like they live their life and we can live our lives we can buy things we need but the whole production loop is good for us so it doesn't matter um but so with that said since you know not all production right now is cradle to cradle but i know there is a cradle to cradle certification so there are like let's say there are some textiles and other things in the united states for example that have that certification to it so what mm. does it mean let's say that a t-shirt or something in fashion has a cradle to cradle certification yeah that really means that as i told uh, about those five principles actually they um they are part of the certification that means that a company really deals with the quality of water of the quality of the water they're using within the process 
So, I mean, water is, you know, the basis for life. So we really need to take care of it and the quality of the water. We are using industrialized processes. So it's about the quality of water. It's about the quality um, of our uh, social relations that people who are part of producing, for example, the T-shirt, that they earn enough and that they find working conditions that are uh, healthy for them and that make uh, their life worth uh, living as our lives are worth living. So we, we need to deal with uh, those social aspects. It's very important. And um, in terms of energy, because if we produce cradle-to-cradle products, there is uh, sometimes, a, I mean, there's demand for using energy. So uh, by closing the cycle material-wise, I mean, we, uh, we should also transform our uh, energy uh, consumption and uh, generation uh, to, to generative energy, regenerative energy, by the use of solar power, for example, because there's so much energy coming into our system of planet Earth, we can't even use only a, a small fraction actually is used. So we, we are still learning how to, how, to, uh, how to use these vast amounts of energy. But we really believe in a solution that there is such an abundance of energy that really energy is not the limiting factor in the future. But it's really impos- uh, important that we change to a system where we have a regenerative energy in place to have clean energy really for production and then for uh, for the t-shirt what's really important is that we define it for a usage scenario because for example if you wash your t-shirt there small fractions of the t-shirt from the fibers microfibers will be washed out and will rinse down and will get in contact with the biosphere so they need to be designed for a scenario where they become a nutrient for new uh, growth of plants. So um, that's that's from the uh, one part of the design uh, stage where we define materials which are healthy for us, for the people who are involved in producing the t-shirts. And later on, if it's healthy for us, it's also healthy for a biological cycle that uh, all the materials become nutrients again for new growth of, uh, of a plant, for example. So by defining that, this is the first step really for closing the loop in the very end. So a, a textile, a, a textile product uh, in the end is really, hopefully, if it's cradle to cradle, for example, certified, if it uses the cradle to cradle philosophy, it is made to be worn on the skin because mo- um, in, in many other cases, conventional textiles, the use of uh, certain sorts of colors, for example, uh, they, they produce actually T-shirts in the very end that are not made for skin contact right now. And I think that sounds really crazy, but it is like this. You know, people know about it. They say, I, I've bought a new T-shirt. I need to wash it now one, one or two times before I start using it, you know. And I mean... This is really not the, the, our understanding of quality. So it, it's really about that we design textiles for skin contact, that we use colors. So we use the dyeing uh, that it's not harmful for uh, either uh, us nor the, um, the environment or other species. And that we can really uh, have a positive impact by producing the shirt and using the shirt and recycling the shirt in the very end, that it becomes 
a nutrient later on um, in a biological cycle or uh, in between um, as you recycle. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's a technical pro process now to reuse fibers. So there's, there's big companies now coming up with technology for fiber recycling. So this is also possible. In between, we can... We, call, we talk about cascades, so the, the use cascades that we in between recycle those fibers as long as it's possible before they probably go back to nature. So if you want to find a garment that's made like C2C certified, is there like an online platform or is there like a, some kind of mark to look for? Like how do you know that someone's been C2C certified? Um, there's there's many possibilities to to get in contact with um, once a year for example we uh, as an NGO cradle to cradle association here from Germany um, I mean we're based in Berlin but once a year we do um, the global cradle to cradle Congress so this is really the biggest platform uh, it was just right this weekend so f f some days ago we had uh, with our special track actually on textiles we had many best practice uh, examples you can find it all on youtube we have a channel and this is an, an international platform uh, so there's simultaneous translation there's some cases from germany but many other cases from all over the world so once a year all the whole community comes together here in the north of germany near hamburg uh, and the whole community comes together and discusses new products and new solutions to the problem. So uh, each and every year there is a track on textiles actually because textiles is so much important for the credit credit movement. And uh, in between there's many partners in the community and uh, one of uh, the institutions is the Cradle to Cradle Products Innovation Institute based in San Francisco. So they do the Cradle to Cradle uh, certification framework. So uh, if you go online on c2ccertified.org there's a database um, of products and suppliers, and they also have a campaign called uh, uh, Fashion Plus, um, where they bring manufacturers and designers and suppliers together to uh, really work on the clothing of the future. So if there's anyone out there interested in uh, joining this way of producing things, joining the cradle to cradle community, I would definitely suggest to come to Berlin, uh, come to Germany next year, because next year is going to be the sixth cradle to cradle congress, international cradle to cradle congress in, in Germany, where the whole community meets, and in between, people can approach us as cradle to cradle association because we see ourselves as networking organization in between all the other organizations. So we can help in connecting stakeholders and there's Cradle to Cradle uh, Products Innovation Institute, for example. They help in uh, certifying or developing uh, those, those products or uh, yarns or fabrics and stuff. The reason I'm talking to Tim right now is because I got invited actually um, to come to Germany and be part of this amazing event, but I couldn't go this year. I may, maybe I should try to come next year. It sounds like a lot of fun and very empowering and just meeting with a lot of like many people. So I'm manifesting that I'll be there one year, one of these years. But so if you are a consumer and you like to shop, you're not you know, maybe not too into vintage or whatever, whatever. Like if you want to support this creator to creator movement, you can go to c2ccertified.org and just check out what brands are doing the right right now and follow like if any more are added. And that's a way to be a conscious consumer in today's society until all production is becoming creator to creator, which we really hope for in the near future. But until that's 
done. Just slow down, ask yourself, if I really want something, isn't it more important that I buy something that's good for me, that I want to wear on my skin, that's not making a harm to our planet, and that's really moving our world into a more positive future. So thank you for all of those tips and um, so grateful to have you on my show. But it's time to start wrapping up with my final three questions. Before we do that, though, I would love for the listeners to find you, to find C2C or Cradle to Cradle and, you know, see what you guys are up to. So what would be the best website or Instagram handle? Or uh, I think what's uh, easy for the people out there is uh, going online on YouTube, finding our channel because there is uh, many videos in English language as well. So just type in Cradle to Cradle uh, EV, actually. So EV stands for um, association in Germany. So you'll find us, I think, uh, find us in our work or go online on c2c-congress.org and see when the next platform is uh, hosted by us next year. And um, we host that in German and English. We have a lovely simultaneous translation. So we're uh, hoping that many, many people from all over the, all over the world come once a year to our platform and meet and exchange with people. And at the moment, we are working um, on hosting also an English platform, at the uh, English website. At the moment, our website is only in German. But if there's anybody out there understanding German, go on www.c2c-ev.org. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. All right. So are you ready for your my final three questions? Okay. Yes. Okay. So what would you say is the coolest thing about working for the environment? I think what really uh, cool is that I, I have the pleasure to meet so many lovely people like you and so many others to really discuss what future would look like and being part of this is really amazing. So this is an added question. Do you think that a lot of things is happening? Do, does it feel positive to be in this field? It really uh, feels positive right now because I, I what I see is there's strong momentum over the past years and I see um, the results of our work and I see the results of many others, other people's work and I think we should feel uh, proud on the one hand even though we, sh we, we should definitely continue in doing it. I think there's still so much work to do. I have the pleasure to, to work together with amazing people who for example were you know founding members of greenpeace in germany members of the international board uh, of greenpeace or uh, you know the right livelihood award and so many other wonderful initiatives globally but even though we see that these people you know who have been engaged in changing society for 20 30 probably 40 years till now you know, they, they have been asking more or less the same questions 40 years ago. So I think even though we have the feeling that we can change something, it takes some time. And I think we don't have too much time left. So we should get as many people as involved because there's not so much time left to really yeah, change our way of uh, thinking and our way of living. Totally. So with that said, if you could make anything happen... Uh, and I mean anything within this next year, and you would get to read about it in the newspapers, what would that headline read? I, f I think what I find what I find mostly would be one of the most beneficial things is if I could make it possible that everyone on planet Earth would incorporate 
the way of thinking that cradle to cradle is really the only way of living. If this is the only thing I could make possible, I think this would mean that if everyone just understands that we need to shift our our perspective and produce our things differently, see ourselves differently, because people still believe that we need to reduce our footprint. But we, we definitely see that it's not about reducing the footprint, but defining the footprint and then increasing it and celebrating it and being part of this whole planet Earth, you know. If we could make this possible, I think this would be the greatest headline if there would just be the sentence something like, all the people understand that we need cradle to cradle and they start doing it now. Don't you sometimes wish you can just give people a pill and they eat it and then they're just like, uh-huh, I get that it. That would now. be so great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe one day we'll have one of those pills. That'd be awesome. Um, all right, so my final question. What makes you optimistic about the future and why? What, what makes really makes me optimistic is that I meet so many people who find this important. And this really makes me optimistic because I see that we're not alone, not with our work as a nonprofit. And there are so many other organizations, whether they are nonprofit or for-profit, they all join in the cradle to cradle movement as being part of the cradle to cradle community. And this makes me confident in seeing that we're not alone. We have the power to bring the people together and we form a net network and people tell me that it's important that we bring the people together. So I see what we can bring to the community, but I see that we are definitely not alone and the community is increasing year after year and we see strong momentum and this really makes me feel that we are, have the chance to, to change our way of thinking. Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website, HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. All right. Until next time, have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there and embrace some change.